Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the Detour Live. I'm your host, Dan Jones, joined as always by four-time national road champion, Johnny Trevorrow, and team bike exchange head DS, Matthew White. We're going to rip straight into it, guys. Why are you on the ground there at the start of stage four? What's what's the weather looking like at the moment, mate? Um, uh, so average, average at best. Um, it, it's coming, <laughs> it's it's blown in and out a few, a uh, few times this morning, but, uh, We've had torrential rain uh, and then stopped, and it's it's really windy. I think we've got 30 kilometer an hour uh, block headwind to start the day, but uh, oh. it's going to be 15 degrees at the start and get colder, maybe nine or 10 degrees when we get closer to the mountains. But it's uh, it's going to complicate things, that's for sure. How many times have you used the phrase "no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing"? <laughs> uh, not recently, and I certainly didn't drop it into today's team meeting. <laughs> no, <laughs> what's the mood like in the camp, mate? Good. No, it's good, mate. It's uh, these days. Yesterday turned out a lot uh, less trickier than expected. You know, it was it was pretty hard rain and uh, at the start of the day, but the the tricky part of the stage was the final, and we actually had totally dry weather. So that that, that did change the dynamic of yesterday's final. But I think there's uh, I haven't seen. I've been looking for different weather forecasts, and I haven't seen one that gives us anything but. Uh, torrential rain and uh, and windy conditions, so that's what we're going to get. But the mood's good. Uh, it's our first, it's the first test with the GC guys today, and uh, we're looking forward to the opportunity. If he, yeah. So before we get on to today's stage, because I'm excited, this is the first uh, day for the for the big hitters of the GC boys to uh, really uh, test themselves. But I <clears throat> just want to get your uh, thoughts on yesterday because we were all raving about uh, uh, we're Taco Taco. Uh, Vanderhoek. Yeah. I haven't heard that. Is that a, a common Dutch name, mate? I I I don't know too many tacos over the years. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it maybe he has Mexican heritage. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, he look. He, he's been around a while. Yeah. Uh, he was on uh, on Jumbo Visma for a couple of years, and I think he's six or seven year professional. Won a won a stage in Big Bank Tour before, so he's won at the World Tour level. But by far, that was his his biggest win and. What a win it was! Uh, yeah, that was a hard day out there in the office there, and to stay away from uh, from a chasing peloton in the way he did, that was a very very impressive ride. Yeah, really yeah. Impressive. Even and though he, he doesn't start, he ride, he started the break. He actually started. He actually was the one who launched away on his own, and they all came to him. So out there all day, and to finish it off like that was staggering. I mean, I, I even at three k to go, I thought, oh, the poor bugger's going to get caught in the last k. I didn't think he'd hold, hold him off. Yeah, I, I, th- I think also there was some. There were some timing issues with a few of the sprint teams. Uh, he could have been caught, uh, that's for sure. Uh, you know, at the top of the last climb, I think he had 28 seconds. Uh, that wouldn't have taken too much from a couple of other teams just to put one rider on the front just for a minute or two to help Bora. And everyone did load the, the expectation all behind uh, Bora and the, their willingness to set Peter Sagan up. But a couple of the other teams who ran second and third really should uh, have a good long look at themselves because... Uh, that uh, that break could have been brought back. There was one leader at 30 seconds, and then uh, some of those teams just left it too late and uh, and didn't get that opportunity for a stage win for uh, for their leader. Yeah. Does that does that cause a bit of burning friction amongst the teams so early in the Grand Tour with stages like that, where they you know oh, other teams should have worked and they sort of stall that for a couple of stages moving forward? Yeah, I think uh, Bora probably will uh, will have second thoughts about committing on a day like that. Uh, if they don't get any help, uh, Alperson helped. It was strange. Alperson helped them for a certain section of the race, and then when the climb started, that has disappeared, which is strange because uh, you know, maybe you know we don't know the, we don't have the context of 
of all the different team meetings and all the different uh, scenarios with the team leaders. Maybe the leader from Alpacin was on an off day, and after we hit the climbs, they decided to stop the chase. But uh, you know, when well, you Merlier, saw the guys earlier got, dro- got dropped with uh, with, with Caleb and uh, Gronovegan at, at forty odd k to go, so they got they got spat. That's why they stopped working. Yeah, I don't know. There. I don't know if there was any other Alpacin sprinters uh, in that front group. But uh, there was, you know, Viviani was there with Cofidis, and there was, there was other guys uh, who were clearly ready for that sprint. A lot of the, the, the pure sprinters weren't there in the finish yesterday. It was going to be always going to be borderline for those guys to get through the stage, and they didn't. But uh, as we saw there, there was plenty of sprinters still left, and uh, that break was, uh, it was controllable uh, in the final. Yeah, so what are your thoughts on that? Gaviria and, um, and Viviani are there. Now, normally, Caleb would climb... Well, he climbed as well as uh, Viviani normally. Uh, it doesn't look like he's quite on on, uh, on his form yet. Yeah, look, it's early in the race. It's early in the race. I, I think the big thing uh, with Caleb there, he's probably, <laughs> oh, definitely, he, he's never had probably this least race days in his career at this time of year. So, you know, Caleb's always been one to do the Aussie summer, uh, which he didn't do. And uh, so he's, uh, he's missing a big chunk of racing in January, February. Uh, and uh, maybe he's just a bit slow to get going here in the Giro. I know his plan is to ride all three Grand Tours, the Giro Tour and the Welter. So I'm sure he'll come good uh, in the next couple of days. But uh, I think for me, the, the, for him, he's, he's, he's a lot of race days down on his usual uh, usual schedule. Yeah, Baycrits, mate. He's missed the Baycrits. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> the missing link. That is the missing link. <laughs> hey, hey, getting back to talking before about, you know, the, the game of chess in the cars and that, what annoys other teams the most? Because... Geez, I remember one stage when uh, Michael Matthews uh, had the jersey and the other teams wanted you to commit. You said, hey, guys, we're not interested in the stage. We're not interested in the jersey. And he goes out and wins and beats Canal. <laughs> I remember teams were filthy the next day. Is that the single most thing that pisses other teams off the most, blatantly lying? <laughs> um, well, in my fairness, on that day, Jonesy, it was a hilltop finish. We, uh, we had... We had uh, had had the jersey for seven or eight days, and with a few of the boys were on their knees, and uh, and sometimes you've got to call uh, teams bluff. And uh, you know, Michael had an exceptional ride, and obviously there was that big crash at the bottom of the of the bottom of the climb. We only eight guys got through the crash, and we had three: uh, Durbridge and uh, and Santa Marita. But um, no, sometimes you've got to you've got to play chess, and. Yeah, we had you, you were with me at, at that Giro d'Italia, and we did really control the first eight days of that race single-handedly. And uh, we thought, you know, enough's enough. Uh, teams weren't helping us out in those prior stages, and uh, and we had some uh, some luck that day. Well, we also had some bad luck. I think we lost two or three guys, broke some bones, and ended up going home at that crash. But we also mm-hmm. had a big win when Michael did uh, did beat Cadell Evans on the top of uh, that hilltop finish, but without pulling one meter on the front. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it well because I was uh, chief of security on that. Team. Oh yeah, you're hopeless. <laughs> and um, I remember I had to uh, keep some of the other sports directors away from you the next morning because they were uh, coming to throttle you. But anyway, another story. It doesn't matter when you win. It doesn't matter when you win. No, no, no. It was, it was. Uh, that was that was the Giro that it all it, uh, went peri pear shaped there at the end, didn't it? We only finished with two riders. So That's right. Yes. One, yeah. one, yeah. three, one, three stages had the jersey for nine days and finished with two. Uh, happy, it was a whole moment in that year to tell you. Happy, 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 happy and Swain. Happy and Swain. Yeah. 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 Um, we've got a fan question. It's a pretty obvious one. Uh, it's from Wilson Hatton. He says, Whitey, how is Simon feeling? Good. No, he's good. It's uh, 
like a lot of the GC guys, uh, these first couple of days have uh, just been about mitigating risk and staying out of trouble, conserving energy. Uh, and But today there's no hiding because uh, of the technicality of the final half of the race and uh, some pretty tricky descents. And obviously when you have a climb like that, uh, basically to two kilometres to go, um, we're going to see uh, we're going to see who's got form later this afternoon. Ify, yes. So uh, talking about today. So what are your thoughts? Do you th- it's going to be pretty hard to control. You've got like seventy kilometres of flat before you hit those hills. Who's going to be can, a break will go? Who's going to try and control it, or will they just let it go? Oh, I think most of the obviously uh, Ghana will not be in the jersey this evening. So I think uh, all the GC teams are back to square one. I think uh, they'll want a small break to go. It's not today's not the day to go in up the road when you've got uh, 70k of uh, headwind uh, to start the stage and it's all flat. So I think all all the uh, GC teams will want the same sort of scenario to happen at the start, a smallish sort of break, and then uh, there'll be probably a bit of a Mexican standoff there to who is going to control the middle part of the race. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Quickstep. Um, take it up today and uh, and try to put uh, Evan Poole in the jersey. He's pretty close. Also, another team that's probably pretty interested today, probably Astana with Vlasov as well. There's only seconds between those guys and uh, neither of those guys have led the Giro d'Italia. And I, I dare say that those two teams would be the key teams looking to uh, pop their leaders into the pink today. And uh, another very important question. This comes from Simon Heavey. He says, come on, why did he surely pass the last night? Well, I've got a little story last night. Uh, it was risotto, actually. But the due to the hotel we were in, um, we took it upon ourselves to uh, eat in our rooms or in the lo- or in a special lobby area because we had to actually eat uh, at a hotel. Uh, sorry, at a restaurant across the road. And um, there was uh, there was there was the let's say the bubble could have been easily compromised uh, in that oh, situation. Okay. So the riders had a room, but it wasn't it wasn't big enough to fit the staff. So uh, the staff ate, we had a little uh, takeaway, takeaway dinner last night and half the staff ate in their room and then a small group of us ate in one small little room just uh, between the six and seven of us. So no pasta, but there was a very nice risotto. Thank you. Oh, very good, mate. Uh, anything want to add, Ify, before we let Whitey go? Well, yeah, because what what do you think, uh, what's your plan for today with, with Simon? Is, is he actually going to have a go for the stage? Oh, I think if the situation arises, we'll go for the stage just because we'll have to. Because I think uh, I think there's going to be a selection between uh, the best climbers here, and if that uh, if that situation does arise, well then yeah, we'll take it. But uh, it's not a it's not a day that we'll be looking to control to to enable that. If it happens, it happens. But our our the key focus for us today is to get Simon through safe with these GC rivals, and uh, if a, if a stage opportunity does arise later arise later in the day then we'll take that opportunity. But uh, it's certainly not the focus for us to uh, to win the stage today. Because it is a pretty solid day. You've got uh, three coals. Very, uh, very two... solid last 80. The first, yeah, it's, it's a, there's a lot of metres of climbing and a lot of technical roads uh, yeah, exactly. in that last, uh, last 80k. That, a lot of climbs that are uh, not, not even categorised in there. But that, yeah. uh, that uh, coal de Pasolino, the final one, how, it looks very steep on the, uh, on the maps. How steep is it? Yeah, as ramps of 15%. Uh, so there'll be, no, there'll be no hiding. There'll be no hiding on there. It's a short climb, four to five kilometres off the top of my head. And yep. uh, I said it tops out at 2.2K or something like that to go. Downhill and flat to the finish. A little tricky finish into, into a town with uh, with clinkers. 
and Pave and uh, Pave and uh, it's uh, it's a technical finish, but uh, it's we're going to get some big uh, big gaps today in the peloton, and uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how much of a selection there is for the uh, for the key guys today. Well, if there is a break up the road, and as you said, there's torrential rain, will it almost be like? borderline neutralised for a lot of the GC teams if it looks pretty dangerous or do you think they'll just go for it? No, I, I think uh, someone will want to take control through those sections because it's not a... You know, it, it, sometimes it's better to take control uh, and be on the front than have someone dish it out to use. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a team take it up even far out just just purely for position. Uh, and, and I think Evan Poole's pretty ambitious young fella and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Quick Step are the ones that do that today. Yep. All right, mate. Well, uh, all the best for today, and uh, we'll check in again tomorrow, and hopefully uh, you've got a bit better uh, situation at the restaurants and you don't have a potentially compromised bubble. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So we've got a uh, – uh, it was uh, – it sort of ruins uh, eating risotto out of a foil container, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but it's in Italy, mate. It's still probably 10 times as better than what you get back here. So yeah, it's not too good. bad. It's not too yeah. bad. Uh, we've got, um, we got, a, we got, a, sprint, we got a sprint stage tomorrow and uh, – one day at a time, and uh, it's starting to rain on me right now, so I'm get out of get under cover and uh, jump in the team car. Good on you, mate. All the best for today. All right, All right see you, gents. See you, mate. See you, mate. Talk tomorrow, pal. Uh, Matthew White, there. Uh, what are your thoughts on what Whitey said? Yeah, he's pretty calm uh, uh, and collected there. I I thought he'd be uh, getting a bit nervy as he does when the big days come up, but he seems. Pre- Pretty, pretty cool, calm, collected. I mean, that's why we started so late today because he had a big drive uh, to get here to the start. But um, yeah, look, I think he's uh, spot on. I, I, I just think uh, that um, Avenapool, Yates, and Benal are the three. It'll be, it'll be one of those three today. I think. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we've got a few more uh, questions coming in or uh, comments as well. Scott McGrory, it's racing, fellas. Stuff them. As long as you win, eh? That's a good point. Uh, Ian Pages was barracking for Taco to get home last night. What's the mood in the team car when bike is changed? He's not focused on the stage. Go, son. Uh, probably should have brought that up when we had Whitey. You probably should have. <laughs> uh, Andy Matthews says it looks like the weather is not as bad as expected. Um, so hopefully it isn't as bad as what Whitey was yeah, saying. But evidently but, it's going to get worse, not better. So Yeah. And Sheila Richards says, I thought teams brought their own chefs. That's a good point. Sometimes they bring them on in the second half due to budgets as well. They don't always have them on for the entire thing. So well, they might be doing Italy, the same thing. In Tour de France, they always have their own chef for the whole tour. But in the Giro, they often don't take a chef um, or just uh, take, you know, as you say, part-time because they're so happy with the Italian food. Uh, so that, that's part of the difference. And uh, our old mate Wombat Breath says, looking forward to Simon's first proper hit out at the Giro tonight. Gents, any guesses as to when we might see the first head-to-head for Simon and Adam, maybe in the Vuelta? I reckon it'll be the Vuelta. I reckon you're spot on. Yep. And uh, Andrew says, evening, lads. So g'day, Andrew, as well. Before we go to an interview that we pre-recorded with uh, Stuart O'Grady and David McKenzie, let's have a quick word from our great mates at Bike Exchange. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. It's a bike. 374 people are looking at. This guy, this girl, them, all looking at it. People from here, 
there and wherever this is. People that are looking for a bike. Or just a piece of it. Amateurs. Semi-amateurs. And pro-amateurs. This guy wants this bike, but with this crank and these bars. This could be the perfect match. But not this one. This girl has a bike to sell, and thousands of people might purchase it. Eyes on Bikes help grow small businesses. His, hers, yours, and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving. We are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 500,000 products and 900 brands where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns and rides. Thanks again to our great mates at Bike Exchange, Ify. While we're, talk- while we're talking Bike Exchange, I better throw in that uh, there's a big sale on. So for all of our Victorian listeners, uh, uh, even interstate, might be worth jumping on a plane. Uh, on Saturday in at Bike Exchange head office, they're having uh, a continuation of the big sale that they've been having of the of the Green Edge um, excess stock. Uh, there it is, Green Edge outlet team issue sale. And so they've got a stack of beautiful brand new Scott uh, frames for sale and a lot of other bits and pieces. Um, um, Scott shoes, sunglasses, a beautiful uh, synchro uh, handlebars and integrated handlebars and stems. Fantastic stuff. So get in there, it's 10 o'clock, Buckhurst Street, South Melbourne, or jump on uh, the Bike Exchange website and get the exact address. But bargains galore. All right. Guaranteed from Iffy himself. Uh, now, we, as we mentioned earlier, we caught up with uh, Stuart O'Grady and Dave McKenzie, and this is part one of the interview. Well, Iffy, we're joined by none other than Stuart O'Grady, race director for Tour Down Under, and Dave McKenzie, who's doing a stellar job with the commentary for SBS and the SBS Swift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, fellas, I'll, I'll start with you, Macca. Jeez, all the memories must have been flooding back when Taco crossed the line overnight, mate. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, Dan. Um, yeah, look, it was it wasn't it a beautiful victory? And I think it doesn't matter where you sat in the cycling peloton uh, throughout your career, or even as a fan or someone who works in the sport. But it was just a beautiful victory, and no one—I don't think there was anyone that was uh, unhappy that this guy won. Taco Vanderhorn, probably maybe the guy who finished second on the stage was a little bit upset, but other than that. <laughs> Wasn't it just great? We all love to see an underdog victory. And for me, it was, um, yeah, it t- took me back a little bit. But I felt I feel really privileged that, one, obviously I got to ride up one Giro and then obviously win a stage. But, two, to be able to commentate it last night and uh, really enjoy it, it was yeah, it was sensational. It was a, it was such a good good stage, wasn't it? If he... well, Mac, I, I, I do uh, remember your stage victory really well, and yours was a little bit different to that. You were away alone for just about the whole day, whereas he yeah, had, Tucker, uh, Tucker yeah. had he had seven guys helping him. Come on, <laughs> well, oh, exactly. Okay, yours was alone, but it was it was interesting. In oh, here we go. This is crossing the line solo. Oh, vintage, vintage day yeah. helmet. Love it. That's yeah. VHS. Did you grab that off a of VHS tape? Or, or oh, I just po- pirated it off YouTube, mate. Back to the old <laughs> days. Most of my career is in VHS. <laughs> I think the best, we, we ran this obviously last year for the Giro on the rest day. And the best is the celebration from the guy at the finish line. He was a yeah. tad excited. 
Yeah, John Deering was our press officer. He almost rugby tackled me off. Chelsea had won, I think, the FA Cup final that afternoon. So he had his blue uh, Chelsea uh, shirt on. There he is. Here he is. Yeah. That was, the most, that was the most nervous I've been on stage after I crossed the line, actually. Um, but, um, hey, can I, can I just say something? Because it's actually quite amazing that we've got you here, Stewie. We were living in Toulouse, uh, my wife and I, Susan, and we'd sort of yep. moved down there because a lot of the Aussies had congregated down there. Stewie was one of those and Jay Sweet, who was a good mate of mine at the time. And Stewie rang up Susan, my wife, I think a day or two later and said, hey, come on, I'm going to come and pick you up. We're going to get you over for lunch or dinner and celebrate Dave's victory. And because uh, she was on her own. And uh, so... You don't forget that sort of stuff, Stewie, but it was really nice. And, um, you know, it was it was a victory for the Aussies. I was right. We're all riding on separate teams. But all the Aussies, you all felt, you feel like you have a victory when another Australian wins wherever they are racing in the world, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think we, we created a little um, little community down there in, in Toulouse and it was good that everyone kind of, um, you know, any, any pretty much any English-speaking person was welcome to come down to Toulouse and be a part of a pretty uh, raging training group. Um, and then, you know, come and enjoy a barbecue after. So, you know, any time an Australian succeeded, it didn't matter if it was on the grand stage or just at, at, a, at a, you know, on a, on a domestic race, um, you know, we all kind of got around each other and, and supported each other because there was no family or friends to come and pat you on the back. There was no, you know, giving mum and dad a hug or, you know, they were normally in a different time zone on a, on a different hemisphere. So, we really had to support each other and um yeah it was fantastic i mean you know i'll never forget that win macker as well i mean it's that was one of the good good early ones that's for sure doesn't matter they, they all count and um you know you're a part of many many special occasions and many um team wins and you're a major player a part of many other things so it's always good for nice guys to get a win up that's for sure well yeah. you won one stage macker how many stages did you win stewie at the giro Oh, zero, I think. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Here we go. Oh. Oh. No, no. All right. Hey, no, I think no. we're done here. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I've got to say, yeah. I do. I've got the fondest memories of that house of yours in Toulouse. Uh, um, uh, La Basse Soles was a little name of a little town. Remember that? Yeah. Yep. And because it was like a bit of Australia. It was like an Aussie house, not a French house. It had a big yard, a big <laughs> pool. And we had, during the tour, we were over near Toulouse. We always stayed at your place. And uh, I can remember Langy stayed in uh, in your bedroom because you were in a hotel somewhere else. And he can remember all the, or in your spare room, sorry. And you remember all the jerseys <laughs> everywhere. Not in your bedroom, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I remember he was surrounded what by all show? your jerseys and uh, he was wrapped. And I remember one yeah. big barbecue there uh, and you were racing in the tour and uh, you got special permission. You were allowed to come and join us for 15 minutes because we had a big mob there. And mm. uh, I think uh, about three hours later, whoever the, the guy dragged you out of that barbecue. So, uh, yeah, I was very proud of you. <laughs> yeah, and I, and, I, and I had to try and get Amory to leave you guys out there about three days later, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. Uh, there's special times in our lives, weren't they? They were great days. 
Yeah, a lot, lot of people talk about current cycling, how it's just raced differently now. And the Giro was so old school and, and guys like Chippo controlled the bunch. How did how was that allowed to happen, Stewie, back in those days? Was he just like an intimidating cat? Well, it, was, it wasn't allowed to happen. That's just how it happened. Um, right. You know, there, there was someone before Chippo and probably someone before that person that controlled the bunch. I mean, you know, I think back then it was just a different, very different style of racing. We didn't... I think that there's one main uh, connected to this, that whole issue is that the live television didn't used to come on um, to the start. So, you know, it might have been a 220, 240 kilometre stage that the live TV globally wouldn't come on for probably about the last 140, 150 K. So until the cameras came out, um, certainly back in my first year, everyone just rolled along and chatted and, you know, you're actually putting on weight for the first 100 K. That's how it felt. But then, but then the final last 100, 150K was just warp speed. Um, obviously, now with more of the live feed and the more, uh, I guess, global um, commercialization of the sport and, and the publicity and the sponsors, there's a lot more importance in, you know, getting a rider in those early breaks. I mean, for a lot of the right teams there that haven't got, well, you know, exactly like last night, they haven't got a, a superstar, they haven't got a big name, they haven't got a GC contender. Every minute on on television that's getting broadcast around the world is is that's what the sponsor wants. That's all that's all they're asking for is their guys to go out there and guys and girls and you know get their name on in front of the screens and, and get talked about. And you know not only did he do that, but then he went on to win it. So back then it was very different. Um, guys like Chippo just kind of took control and went, "No, you're not attacking," and and that's how it was. I mean, he got he kind of got yelled at, and you know otherwise he'd come up and whack you on the back of the head. <laughs> well, that's right because they've got the what they call the TV sprint, which they still call it the TV sprint, but that was actually the sprint that was the first part of the live telecast. So Chippo and the yeah. guys at that time would keep it together so you could go for that TV sprint and then the race was off. Yeah, he was very controlling back then and um yeah, that's just how it was and obviously things things changed. Um you still have, you know, uh, some of the kind of drives the bus as they call it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if Bernie Isle was still doing that, or I'm pretty sure he's retired now, hasn't he? <laughs> Surely. <laughs> um, but, but you know, there's always someone that's kind of controlling, controlling the the group pedo and, and looking after things in a bit of a similar way. But yeah, that was uh, part one of the interview. Um, back in your day, if he the the Giro would have been raced differently, there's riders smoking at the start line, and it's just a free for all. Well, there was only one dickhead doing that, but anyway, we won't go there. But look, it, it wasn't that different in that it was similar. The, the television, uh, we never come back to Australia, of course, but the live television started around about uh, halfway and it would be that TV sprint and we'd all be exactly that. But the first half, it was just uh, riding along and, uh, and having a chat. And I did. I raced that very unfit, so it got. That's what allowed me to get through. Ride myself in. I, I would have liked to start one of the modern Giro's with uh, the lack of fitness I had back then. But it really hasn't changed that much. But uh, I'll tell you, a big change is is how cycling's covered. Like uh, back in those early days, like journalists were allowed to just write really good stories and insights and get coverage around that. Whereas now it's it's very much clickbait you know getting the little yeah. clicks and the little well social media mate that's changed the whole world hasn't it i mean everyone's yeah. you know 
getting inf- instant information. And plus, they didn't have it near. They used to have the helicopters, but um, they didn't have anywhere near the great coverage they have now. I mean, the vision we get at, at all of these events, the Tour, Tour de France, the Giro, the Vuelta, the classics, you you feel like you're in the damn bike race. It's fantastic. Yeah. Now, uh, Mac is obviously doing some great stuff with SBS and their commentary, so he's got some great insights on Stage 4, and obviously Stewie, with all his experience, he raises some very interesting uh, points on how he thinks the stage is going to be uh, played out. So let's have a look at part two of the interview. And what are your thoughts, Mac, on uh, the stage four? Uh, it's obviously where the GC guys are going to sort of come to the front. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I, I sort of love these stages because, you know, we talk about the first little challenge for the GC guys, but an opportunist can still win the stage. So we've got this tipping comp at SBS. And if your if you're tip the day before wins the day out of the other people who tip. That means your last tip um, the next day and you can't tip You can't tip the same rider as anyone else. So uh, it was a tough one. I, I, I had a shocker last night. I picked Caleb. I went sentimental and I thought he got over the hills. And he the <laughs> yeah, so I bombed out badly. So I got an early tip. Kath Whelan, who you all know, she, she picked Yates and I actually think he's a good tip. Um, I picked Evanpol. I picked Evanpol. I think he mm. can. He might go for it tonight. Um, but it's a hard one to pick, isn't it? An opportunist, a breakaway could win the day again. We spoke to Valerio Piva uh, from Intermarche Wanti, the DS of the um, of the of the winner of last night. He said it was raining this morning where they were, and they're predicting quite a bit of rain for the stage. So I think it's going to be a tough day either way. Oh, well, you reckon? Yeah. It's absolutely poor yeah, right now. I'll throw my two cents in. I, I, I look at that stage and just go breakaway written all over it because, you know, who's going to really want to try and control that uh, for that amount of time? Um, I think it would be a massive waste of energy and resources for, for a team to ride to control it. Um, you know, I think this is the perfect opportunity for a breakaway to go up the road and get five, six, seven minutes and, you know, kind of palm the, the, the Malio Rosa over to someone else on a on – a, smaller team and, and for the big guys to sit back because the second and third week of this Giro, it's it's hardcore. It's really old school kind of Giro, big, long stages, massive mountains. Um, if I was a director, I certainly wouldn't want to be, um, you know, shooting any more bullets today than I needed to be. So for me, I'd be happy uh, as the Ineos director to, you know, maybe just put a rider in the breakaway that wouldn't have to work. Um, I think every team manager would be saying we de- we have to have a rider in the breakaway because you've got so much flat stuff before that really lumpy, yucky stuff at the end. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of flat there for a, for a group. I mean, they're going to go flat out for probably an hour, um, but then who's going to really want to ride and control that for the sake of uh, one stage? I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm going to go for the big breakaway day. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm not going to argue that. It does make that. sense, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, like you'll have uh, the old two races in one would be the, the race for the stage and the, and the GC uh, guys going for it because I, I same as you, Macker, I've actually, we were talking, Dan and I were talking just before we come on here and, and I thought uh, Venipole or, or Yatesy, uh, they were my two picks. But uh, after listening to you, Stewie, wise old head of yours, um, and uh, we were to also talking just before we went to air, but why is old head of yours? I don't know about that, but we see on Facebook you're about to be a dad again, mate. Big gap, number four on the way. 
Yes, that's right. Thanks, Johnny, uh, for bringing that up. So, um, no, no, look, yeah, pretty excited after the initial shock, I think. Um, yeah, it's what happens when you don't travel for three, four months of the year, hey? Uh, but no, we're all pretty, we're all pretty excited. And, and certainly uh, my, my two young daughters who are 13 and 11, they're absolutely pumped. I mean, we all are. Um, and, yeah, I, I guess looking back, I, I missed – so much of my kids uh growing up because i like every other probably professional athlete um you know in my case we're on the road for 200 days a year so we missed a lot of birthdays we missed a lot of everything so uh, i guess the one bonus out of being home this year with COVID is actually just being home with my family so to bring another little human into the world um and to be home a lot more and and uh, you know, got a got a seventeen year old. We've got some living babysitters who will help us get through. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's pretty exciting. Hey, uh, now just so you know, Stewie, I, I was um, I was talking via satellite to Jens Voigt earlier. I think he's got five or six kids. He's heard the news. He's going back to the doctors to get the reversal done. He's getting nervous that he might catch him. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got, a, we've got a little WhatsApp group with my old CSC teammates and there's been a fair bit of banter over the airways, believe me. But, um, yeah, Yenzi was uh, was pretty happy and, and was quite concerned that I was catching up to his little squadron. Um, yeah. but, but I promised him we won't get any closer, but I, I've learned to say <laughs> never say never. Well, Stuart, you're going to have to do plenty of overtime to start building up the bankroll. Uh, how's TDU going, mate? Yeah, look, we're all, um, uh, yeah, we're just we're just continually planning and and um, you know hoping that uh, the world gets back to, I won't call it normality because it's not going to be normal for for many years, but to a point where you know international travel and the COVID vaccine rollout is is taking place a bit better and and the technology with the testing is improving um you know week by week so at the moment i'm just uh busy planning for 2022 uh designing the best possible race i can and and yeah we're just going to aim for that any and secrets Matt, you could tell us mate anything you know groundbreaking about the course that you've snuck in that you can break today anything you know? no 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 sorry johnny <laughs> no. <laughs> and and maca for all the listeners to the detour, they need to jump across and have a listen to this stellar podcast, the SBS Cycling Central podcast, brought to you by Zwift. How do they get on, mate? Uh, yes, they go via the Cycling Central Facebook page. That is the best place. You can go via the SBS Sport page as well. Uh, that's very kind of you, Jonesy. And uh, uh, Johnny, we right, had you on our pod. Dan, we haven't had you, so we'll have to get you on. And Stewie, we've got three weeks, so I might... Uh, I might drag you on at some point as well. But, look, it's, sure, it's good fun, isn't it? And for all of us, we were just saying before we, we came on in here, we're desperate to get back to Europe. But isn't it nice that we can watch it on free-to-air? We're pretty happy that we've got it back on SBS, let me tell oh, you. It's, um, it's you guys do a fantastic job too. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're gonna, you guys know, as I said, we've got a great boss in Catherine Whelan who mm. absolutely backs us all in and uh, she really drives it um, at head office at SBS. And how's the body clock going at the moment? It's wrecked. I'm bugging. At least stage off. three, I'm... isn't it? I know. I know. Well, we're doing a, we're doing a four o'clock pod and then we go live on air, but I'm not commentating all of the stages, so I'll actually be happy yeah. to have a few nights off there. Yeah. Well, you're doing a great job, mate, and uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. And same to you, Stewie, and all the best with the uh, planning, mate. you got eight months to – oh, well, probably less than that now. 
uh, what, seven, six, six, uh, you know what, you'll be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be right. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. All good, mate. Thanks for coming, guys. guys. Yeah, no, that was great. Geez, that was an average question at the end there. That's what you call it. Was, you were spot on. It was eight months. You got it right, and then you doubted yourself. But anyway, that's the way it goes. No, but what <laughs> I meant is when the baby arrives, you don't announce the baby till they're sort of 16 weeks. So that would mean that they've only got six months till the baby arrives. I thought you were talking about till the two are down under. Oh, you're no, about the was, baby. no, the baby. Uh, ah. yeah, okay. well, oh, yeah, I had no idea what you were talking about. Yeah, uh, we've got a few more questions coming in. Uh, John Stevens, stage three taco was available at 500 to one with the UK bookies. Oh, imagine having a pineapple on that iffy. That is juicy. Uh, Sheila's made a good point. She says, Who is the protector for GB? That'd be George Bennett. From TV coverage, as his team is scattered through the peloton, confused group not around him. Yumbo Visma, did you you watch the stage, Johnny? Did you take any notice of that? Yeah, look, I, I don't think it was a, it was a real dangerous start, a stage for the GC guys yesterday. So I don't think they were too worried about it early on, especially they were riding steady. Um, and uh, I think they probably would have been uh, hoping Gronovegan could have gotten over those couple of hills. It would have been a great stage for, for him to, to go next up. But he yeah, he got spat around about the same time as uh, Caleb, So, which was I, I was very disappointed. In. I thought Caleb would be a, a Monty for that, to get over yeah. those hills. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. And, Nicole... Uh, Dan, you're getting in early with the Christmas lights behind you. It looks good. I think they went up in 2019 and they just never came down because <laughs> it has charm. <laughs> Lots of charm, like off the castle. Uh, now, before we go, I saw in the news, Johnny, that uh, Bradley Wiggins is going to release a documentary, he says, next year, and he's going to uh, – it's going to f- follow the 10 years from winning Yellow. So, obviously, that was in 2012. But uh, if he gets the one wood out, that's going to be riveting. I think. Well, he he he, he loves uh, the one wood, but he can slice uh, and hook uh, with it, so it could go any bloody where. But I, I think he's got a bit to say. There's been a lot of uh, um, reference to the whole uh, to, to the sky, the jiffy bag, all these things, a lot of uh, innuendo against uh, uh, Bradley and, and others. And I think he just wants to jump out and. Uh, uh, and straighten things out a little bit and let people know. Uh, look, I got a lot of time for, for Bradley Wiggins. He's a, he's a different cat, uh, as you well know. I was mates with his father. He was a from my hometown. He was actually best mates with my younger brother. My dad started in racing. I remember him uh, right through his career. I lived around the corner from him in Belgium uh, when he was uh, just a youngster coming up. He became one of the top six day riders. And I remember Bradley as a uh, as a baby, uh, six months old, seven months old, at a party at our place in, in Belgium. Uh, him and my young bloke, Dean, who were the same age, uh, having a, a fight, uh, a wrestle as babies on the ground. And, and Bradley just steamrolled him. I thought, ooh, it's a tough young character here, <laughs> as he's proven to be. But um, I he is sensational. Not many riders have been able to come from being one of the world's great all-round track riders, pursuit, he was the, the number one pursuiter in the world, team's pursuiter, uh, and then come on and then win the Tour de France. So it was a pretty amazing uh, uh, a career. I know he desperately wanted to win 
Parabay. He set himself that one year. Couldn't quite get there. So, but I, I look forward to it. And his commentary he does on telly now is very good. Whenever you get a chance to hear him, he's uh, straight to the point. Uh, he doesn't mess around. So it should be good. Yep. No, I'll be looking forward to that. And if you're watching this, Bradley, which I'm sure you are, and you need a director, mate, let's let's talk turkey. I'll, I'll do it for <laughs> chicken feed. So <laughs> anyway, uh, who's your prediction, Johnny? Who do you Look, think going to the I disagree with Stewie. I, I, I think uh, the fact that it is 40K, uh, not 40K, 70K of, of headwinds on the flat section, uh, I don't think they'll be able to get that. Look, a break will go, and they'll get five or six minutes, but I don't think they'll be able to hold it through through you know, 100 and something K of that really steep climbing country. There's going to be terrible conditions out there as well. Um, I'd be surprised if they stay away. So I'll go. The, the big three for me are Simon Yates. I think Simon can actually, it's a perfect type of climb for him. But also Avenipol uh, and Bernal are, are the three. Uh, they'll be fighting it out, but also, um, um, you know, the, the, what's the young, um, you know, fella, um, uh, Joe Almeida, the, the yeah. other uh, teammate of uh, Interconic, uh, Quick Step, the Portuguese. Now, I obviously don't ride. How does a 30k an hour block headwind affect the chances of a breakaway getting to the line? Well, it means it's a lot harder. The, the, Say eight or nine bike rides get up the road, it won't be too bad. But a small break, if it's only four or five, you've got a headwind. It's so much harder. You're coming through all the time. It's so much more pressure. So it's much harder for a breakaway in a, in a headwind. Tailwind, yeah. they all feel like Eddie Merckx. They're down the road and they're feeling great. Yeah. All right. Well, it's going to be an interesting stage. Um, and, yeah, thanks again for tuning in. We're going to be 7.30 again tomorrow night because um, of logistics. And uh, we've got Phil Liggett coming on tomorrow night, Johnny. There you have, Phil. I just uh, texted him to say we're going to be a little bit later. He said, all good, looking forward to it. Um, I just want to finish with, because uh, I didn't talk a lot about it, but I was so impressed with uh, Taco, Taco, is that how you say it? Uh, Van der Horn's uh, ride yesterday. Because he started the break at, at 30K to go, you know, that was they had him in, in – in, train you know they, they weren't going anywhere you know they only had you know a minute and a bit at, at 10k to go down to 30 seconds he went alone at 5k to go and there was no way he was going to hold him off with Bora screaming down to, to close it for Sagan but they couldn't do it it was an impressive effort after being out there all day to do that I, I yeah, hats off to uh, to Taco do, do you think you could go back to bake it and make it Taco Tuesdays? <laughs> Someone's already come up with that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's average. <laughs> average. Yeah, yeah. All right. Real average way to finish the show. Uh, anyway. Sometimes, as they say in the classics, sometimes the bull wins. This is the winning ride of the Tour de France.